Welcome to our Salieville Church Sermon Podcast, today reflecting on our message from this past Lord's Day, Hiking Instructions for the Family. Our text was Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 4. I'm Pastor Kurt DeGraff, counseling pastor here at Salieville, and with me today are my very special guests, Doug and Brooke Porter. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Hi. Thanks. (laughs) Hey, Brooke, let's get rolling with you. Okay. If you would, tell us a bit about your family. How long have you been married to this hunk of a husband you got here, Doug? (laughs) And then tell us a little bit about your kids, their names, their ages, just a little bit about your family. Okay, it sounds good. The last time I was on a podcast, I totally messed up this part, so I'm going to try really hard to get it right this time. (laughs) So Doug and I have been married almost 20 years. Yes. 20 years this summer. Um, we have five kids. So the first four are boys. And then we finally got that girl that Doug so desperately wanted. Um, our oldest is, okay, here's where it gets tough. Okay. Our oldest is 15. He's almost 16. Our next one is 13 and then 12. Maybe I should say their names. So Denver is 15. Carson is 13. Ashton is 12. Braxton is 10. And Lydia is nine. I got it. (laughs) Very yeah. good. You're a busy mama. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, tell us a little something about the joys of mothering from your perspective, Brooke. Um, let's see. The joys of mothering. Well, for me, so we're home all day together because we homeschool. So I would say one of the joys for me is just um, being with them all the time. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy maybe to some people, but yeah. I love it. I love that relationship part of it, the um, doing things together, being together, even like siblings being together, though I know, you know, the more time you're together, the more often you have some squabbles. But I mean, overall, I just love the relationship part of being together all the time. I do love now as they're getting older, I do love seeing you know, how the Lord's working in their lives just as they get older and more mature and their faith is becoming their own and they're starting to serve on their own accord, like their own accord and like that kind of thing. So that is a huge joy as they're getting older now, just to see the Lord work in their lives independently instead of me kind of being the one that's like, you know, here, we're going to do this, you know, and serve in this way, but kind of seeing them step out on their own. They're starting to mature for sure. I just want to give you guys a shout out. I I have opportunity to observe you a lot because of our connectedness here at the church. And I admire you guys greatly and your family. I love your kids. I mean, absolutely love your kids. We've even played tag together here at the church. (laughs) (laughs) There's been lots of games of tag playing in this church. Yeah. So, Doug, tell us what you do here at the church, and then tell us a little something about your positives of being a daddy. Yeah, so I'm the technology manager. Uh, came on full-time when Denver was born, actually. He was born on, like, January 4th, and I think I started January 1st full-time, so I'd been, like, a year part-time before that. So, um, And, yeah, so I just do all the technology stuff here, which is I like having my family be here and the church be kind of like a second home and they play here like you were talking about, but they're just super comfortable here. And even, you know, with us homeschooling, they are social because of the church and just um, very outgoing and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you kind of stole my answer because my joy too is this, the second part of yours was like seeing them become their own people, you know, like the younger three are still 
still little kids and still doing what mommy and daddy do and follow us around and all that kind of stuff. But like the older two are really getting into their different unique things. Like one's studying Japanese and coding and doing super well in school and all this stuff. And um, the other one is playing guitar and wants to be a worship leader. And, you know, we don't, we don't like push him into that or push any of them into anything. So just to let them see what they choose on their own and how, just it's so crazy our kids are so unique amongst themselves like you know i have family who their kids like all look the same and seem the same you know and like our kids do not look the same they do not pick, <laughs> they do not pick the same things they don't eat the same things they do not do anything it's just <laughs> random it's random and it's so cool to watch but like brooks said obviously like seeing them do things on their own for like godly purposes obviously is like you know, I know obviously my biggest heartbreak someday will be when they do something the other way. Sure. But right now it's just like, wow, just con- contrasting it with like the way I grew up versus the way they're growing up. It just, they have so much more opportunity. It's just, it's just cool to watch, I guess. I've been reflecting uh, following this past Lord's Day ministry and had a really great deal of feedback, positive feedback, encouraging feedback, for which I'm grateful. I, I, I think the subject matter touched a nerve. Uh, I'm old enough to be your dad, both of you. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up in a different generation, and I, I was raised by World War II generation people. They're now both with the Lord. Uh, they've been called the greatest generation, but they did things a little bit differently, even though I had great parents a little bit differently than maybe the way my wife and I did things. But I, I've got to be honest with you, I, I, I grieve the loss of the America that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. It no longer exists. Mm-hmm. That That's quite a strong statement. Mm-hmm. But as I reflect on what, what, what happened to the America that I grew up in, I think part of it is the disintegration of the home. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there aren't a lot of solid homes across the board in our country anymore. And I'm trying to do my part by God's grace. I know you guys are trying to do your part. We all have to work together in the body of Christ to try to help one another in this very critical area of family life. Um, I talk to a lot of people in my office in the counseling context, and there's a lot of questions that come to me about how to raise kids. It's a hot topic to be sure. I want you guys to do a little bit of reflecting. Uh, You've been married 20 years or so. As you reflect back to being raised in your generation, uh, thinking about family, friends, neighbors, other people you knew, what were the trends that you saw then about maybe even the disintegration of the home going on at that time period? And, And how are you trying to correct that perhaps and how you're trying to raise your kids? Uh, I would believe that you're probably countercultural to the way a lot of people raise their kids today, or certainly back to when you were being raised and the people you saw around you with the trends. So give us a little bit of a contrast between what you saw and what you're trying to do now in your own home. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, just to give you like a little review of how we were raised, at least I'll explain mine. So um, my parents where like, I think my mom was 17, and my dad was 20 or something like that. So, um, and we're divorced within like three years. So I don't remember any of that, having like a normal home, like two parent home or whatever. So grew up with my mom um, and then like three siblings over time from different dads. So 
there was men in life and then men out of the life and in and out and out. And then none of them were Christians. So, um, my mom did a good, good job of raising us for the way that, you know, that she, that she lived. And I was with my grandparents a lot on the weekends, which they, um, they actually got saved like a year before I was born. So they started coming to Sailorville and would bring me with on the weekends because I was with them on the weekends. So that's that's kind of how I was raised by my grandparents, sometimes even for like years at a time. I would just go and live with them and then I'd be back with my mom. And then so eventually lived with my dad through high school. And so through all of that, I was just being, I moved around a lot, life changed a lot. And so I was under different types of homes. So where my mom was like home all the time, um, it's like a stay-at-home mom. So was my grandmother. The The men were always gone working all the time. My grandpa was gone a ton probably because he was like a manager of a big company. And even my dad was gone when I, once I lived with him because he was in construction. He was gone right away in the morning. So like I don't necessarily remember a ton of like just classic home stuff. Like dinner probably was pretty much all together at all those places, but that's probably pretty much it. And then like holidays. So it's not like the way that we run stuff. Like I'm home for every meal. Like you were talking about, it's kind of funny. You're talking about, oh, can you make it maybe at least three meals this week together? And my kids are going like, we eat every meal together. <laughs> Good for like, you guys. Unless I'm at church on Sunday morning or at an event, you know, or something. So, um, but I think that's because, well, I, I don't know what caused... Uh, us to become the way we are even with each other we're just like we were always together from dating till now like we get up together we go to sleep at the same time we do everything together as much as possible i mean that was once we started getting married we were married but you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're gonna sleep in there. Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but my point is is like that we're just people who want to be together all the time and so as we've had kids we that just how we live our life our kids are always with us it's like hey we're going grocery shopping and like we would take all five of them and me would all go with her to the store go grocery shopping now as they're older some of that's changed but like we did everything together so that is a huge difference i think um you know I, my grandparents are super strong believers and they they were up every morning reading their Bible. I cannot remember a day they have not and prayed and been at church and all that. So I did have that influence, and it was it was a little more legalistic at times, um, but they were also very reading their own Bible, too. They weren't just, like, using the Bible to discipline or something. Like, I do remember my grandma, like, you know, chasing me into the bedroom that I didn't want to listen to her and going la 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 with my fingers in my ears. And she being like reading good verses that I needed to hear, which did eventually change me. And she was not doing it in like a classic, like controlling way or anything like that. It was definitely a loving, like, this is what the pastor told me to do. So here I come, you know, like, so I, I love all of that. Um, but the other side of it was definitely just like broken home or like random or like classic um, dad going to work and being home alone and stuff like that. So uh, mine's a little bit different. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I um, my parents were divorced also when I was younger. So I grew up mostly with just my mom. So it was me and my mom and my sister. So all female household. Um, I definitely even from like neighbors and stuff started to see kind of the breakdown of the family even as I was younger, even if I think back on my neighbors and even some of my good friend neighbors and just, just starting to see that cycle of divorce and broken families or maybe not even um, doing as much together. Um, so, but though I will say my mom was a single mom, but we did do quite a few things together. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
we did activities together. Like on weekends, we did things together as a family. Um, I think that, like Doug said, we we do most things together as a family. We do make it a priority to have dinner together. And um, we do have, I mean, because of Doug's job, it's flexible. And so we do have the opportunity to also have breakfast together, which I know a lot of families don't have that because dad has to go to work or for whatever reason, they're going off to school. We homeschool. So we have that time and that flexibility. But um, so we do, we eat breakfast together every morning and Doug will come home usually for lunch, not always, just randomly, but, and then we always have dinner together. Um, so, and I make them stay at the table. Yes, he does. I mean, yes. like last night he I does. was here late cause I played basketball and came home and they had already like mostly done eating, which doesn't normally happen. That uh, was kind of a rare event, but, but they were still like, can we be excused? And I'm like, no, I just sat down. Like yeah. you're going to sit here and we're going to talk and we're going to be together. I'm going to watch the true. show. Nope. You're not watching the show. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, not going to happen. So thumbs up. Yeah. Way to go guys. Let's reflect a little bit on what you heard on Sunday from the scriptures, insights from the word about uh, hiking instructions for the family. Give me some feedback of things that maybe stuck in your mind as you reflect back. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I thought it was really good. (laughs) I know I already told you this, but probably one of the best practical biblical messages on parenting Mm -hmm. I've ever heard. And so it was really good. There was a lot of things to actually reflect back on, but um, I definitely agreed. We don't have as little ones now. So that discipline part, we're almost past it. We're not quite, we have a couple little ones still that still received, received the physical discipline that's needed Mm -hmm. when needed. Um, But we've kind of stepped away with that from that with our older ones. And so even just to hear like, just a reminder of you do need to keep disciplining, even as they're older, you don't have that physical sting that's necessary, but it should be something that has a sting as you discipline older kids. Cause the discipline does continue. I mean, I couldn't imagine, I mean, I couldn't imagine just stopping discipline once they were a little bit older <laughs> Because even now I think of our older ones and they still they still need some discipline. And so um, I also really loved, you said at one point, that um, words were like ammo. And I thought that was so true because we do a lot of talking now that our kids are older, a lot more discussion, a lot more talking about, you know, consequences and biblical actions and what this looks like in real life and like that kind of thing. And we just have to remember the importance of our words. I know I do, even as a mom who stays home all day, and I'm constantly asking the Lord for wisdom and what I say and how we discuss things and that kind of thing. But um, let's see, there was, I have my notes here. I'm kind of looking at my notes. Um, Oh, I also loved the end when you were talking about, because we're getting closer to this stage now of how not having that idol, not having that idol of, um, having your kids nearby because we do have a couple our one for sure who is looking into going away and so as a close family that can be a difficult thought for us because we're like oh but we love having you around we love eating dinner together we love being with you like and so just giving them over to the lord in whatever plan he has for them which we have totally done we've said you know what lord we, you have given us them for a time to raise, and we want to do that, and we love doing that. But at some point, 
you may take them somewhere else. And that's okay because that's your plan for them. And we'd much rather have them live in your plan than what we selfishly want for our desire to have them close by. So, and someday, you know, we'll be in eternity and we'll spend forever together anyway. So what you do here on this earth, you do it for the Lord. Like, and so that gets, that's probably, that was a good reminder to me to not hold that idol of having your kids nearby, you know. Really good thoughts, Brooke. Thanks so Mm -hmm. much for sharing. Doug, give us your feedback. Yeah, well, like she said, it is such like everything that's inside of me thinking about parenting, it was you were saying. I was just back there saying amen and amen. And like, I never take notes and I almost never share sermons online just because, uh, well, just mostly because if, if people aren't Christians, a lot of it cannot make sense. So sometimes I'm not just like blasting sermons out. So, but this one has so much practical parenting stuff in it that I just couldn't help resist. So I have like two pages of notes and then, and then you asked me to like, what should I highlight? And I highlighted almost all of it because it's just like so much. And, um, the most convicting one for me was raising a sin confessor or a sin concealer, which is, which is that contrast with the way I was raised in a sense, like, um, you know, we talk about this, I think, in church a lot, but um, the generations before didn't talk about sex and pornography and all of these things, and I don't remember any of my parents talking about any of that stuff with me ever, um, and so trying to talk with my kids about that and be open with that is one of the things, and just and anything like that. Like, um, even my oldest right now, I'm just kind of like, I'm not going to like teach, I'm not going to discipline you like a little child anymore. Like, you're about to be free on your own it's time to work together on this and like talk to me and like, we got to figure this out because you're not going to be here. So that one was pretty challenging. Um, uh, teaching all the time. That is something that, that we would totally agree with. That's why we homeschool. But even when we think of homeschool, we're also thinking about spiritual teaching and just relating to life and everything that we do all of the time. It's not like, that's why we talk about sitting at dinner and talking all the time. Cause we're teaching through that whole thing. Um, putting phones away, the same I mean, our kids' phones lock down at like a certain time at night, eight o'clock or something like that, and they don't turn back on until eight in the morning. And um, we keep ours in our in our bathroom so we don't bring them to bed, and that way we can talk and be alone and not be distracted. And um, it, one of the things you said, give your kids over to the Lord, which is both. Um, I think we were talking. You were talking more towards the end. I think it's all the time, obviously. But you were talking a little bit about like your kids sending them off to Germany and stuff. Um, at our firstborn, within minutes of him being born, I had to do this because he was he was he was like couldn't breathe. He um, was having breathing issues. They put him under oxygen. He was turning blue, like all this stuff. And I just sat right there. <clears throat> Sorry in front of my whole family because they're behind glass, you know, like back in the day, I don't know if they do this anymore, but when in the nursery, whole family's behind glass, they can't hear me. They think everything's great, yay. And I'm like, no, he's not doing well. And they're all changing their expressions. And I just said to the Lord, like, he's yours, you know? And this has to be this way forever. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, you created him. I didn't. And and so um, it's just the mentality. It's, it's actually really freeing because... When it's it's heartbreaking when they're messing up, but it's also saying, no, this is your relationship with God, and this is your life, and I'm here to help you. But you are your own person, and you are God's child. and And if I die today, you have to be able to continue. 
So that it's it is freeing as a parent to not have to like worry all the time. I mean, I just I just don't when they go ride in a car with somebody or they're gonna go do something. I might give them the classic warnings, but then I'm like, I'm I'm not gonna worry about this because God's in control. So that was super good. And of course, I have to end with love passionately in front of kids, because this is something that we do. And I have friends who just think I'm crazy, but it's just like we are constantly touching each other and kissing each other and talking uh, appropriately, but around our kids. And and even with them, we are, like you said, physical with them, touching them. They almost all will, except the oldest, will chase me out the door literally every day when I leave. They hear my motorcycle start, the car start, the garage door beeping open, and they're just like, Dad, Dad, no, wait, come back. So that's just something. They're trying to get their hugs in yeah, before I he think, goes. Yeah, right. they're chasing yeah, him out for their hug. Yeah, <laughs> and I think, I think again, it comes back to like what you're talking about, like the contrast of the way we're raised. Like I had a grandma who was that way, but then I had like a hard, tough dad that wasn't. And so... I'm like, okay, I can, I can be that. I don't have to do exactly like what my parents did. I can be what, what's biblical or what's true, or what's loving or whatever. So, very powerful. Thank you for the personal illustrations. They really resonate. So grateful for that, Doug. You're known as the technology guru around here. Mm-hmm. So, give us some insights about pieces of advice relative to technology and raising kids. Yeah, I think we could do like a whole like, you know, sermon series, podcast, Saturday module, book. I mean, what do we want to do And I think next spring we're going to do a module with you guys. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, so um, just try to walk you through like practical stuff that we do and not get into the details too much. But like I said, uh, we have all Apple stuff, but I know you can do this with other devices. But we just have them locked down at a certain time based on their age. I mean, as they've gotten older with youth group, um, we let them, their phones work a little bit longer because they want to be at youth group and stuff. But you can actually lock them down to where they can only text. Yeah, I was going to say they mostly lock down at eight, but we do leave like texting open mm-hmm. until like nine. And of or course, something. you know, like their Bible app and they, yeah, the yeah, maps the Bible, or something, yeah. you know, it's like practical. <laughs> yeah. But like a lot of the other stuff shuts down. Um, from so we actually, um, so Denver was born like right when the iPhone came out and we've had him since then. And he's gotten, you know, we get old, they get old and you hand them down. Everybody does that. So he's had one since he was pretty little. And so we started, um, well, from the very beginning, they all had passcodes. So, and they don't know them. Now the older kids do because they leave the house now and they come to youth group and there's a talk that we go through. And we've even had to take them back and then start over and different things. You know, it's like the rope mentality of how much you hand out. But so we, um, they've always had that lockdown, their computers all still to this day, unless they're going offsite to school, we have their passwords to their computer to open them and to their iPad to open them and to their iPhone to open them. And, um, so, and, go ahead. and all of those are kept, we keep all of our computers in one room. Mm-hmm. So there's one big long desk against the wall and they all face outward. Mm-hmm. None of our technology is allowed anywhere in the house except besides. the oldest has started to go into the basement to do school, school but we can see his screen on another computer upstairs so we, we copy it up to the yeah so i can just see what he's doing yep i can see his screen but other than that i mean there's just they just know our rule there's no technology allowed upstairs so that's where all the bedrooms are yep. and there's just no reason to have them up there yep. um all technology can be used on the main level and there's just we can't really think of a good reason that it would need to be used upstairs in their bedrooms or 
anything. So they're all just yeah, kept have, on the main level. I do have different types of filters and blocking things and monitoring things and all this stuff, but they can always be gotten around on on accident and then on purpose, you know? And so um, even with the oldest now, I've told him, I said, you know, if you get caught doing something you shouldn't be doing, we're going to be, I'm not going to just take all your stuff away for a month. I mean, I've done that before, but we're getting so close to him being 18 and he'll probably be home for a little bit, but he's going to have that. He's going to walk out that door someday and go, I can install Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. I can go to any website I want, turn this filter off dad gave me and do whatever he wants. And so I want him to start to do that now. I want him to start to do that now where I can help him and where he can fail with me and I can try to teach him and try to help him. So um, you're, you're giving them more and more slack as they grow yeah. older, which I think is really yes. a wise thing to do. Yeah. What would you say to those parents who have protesting kids? They've heard the message. Mm -hmm. They've heard the advice and they're saying, I think we need to crack down some more. And the kids are just screaming bloody murder. How would you respond to that parent? Yeah, it's tough because I, I think we talked, we've talked about this before and I just, I'm like, a lot of these people are to a point that they're, they've, in just general parenting, they've let it slack too much. So like, you know, if I were to come home right now and tell my kids like, hey, we're we're not going to play this game anymore that um, we've played before, which we've done. We've pulled a game that we're like, yeah, you can play that. And we're like, yeah, this game's going downhill. Or this TV show, they used to watch like a Lego Ninja movie or something, TV show, and it just started getting darker and darker and darker. And I was like, we're not watching this anymore. And now that was when they were super little. So what I'm saying is, is that we've had this process throughout their whole life. This is why we're doing this. This is dangerous. This is whatever. We don't want you thinking about this. There's alternatives. Let's go do that. I mean, we do that now with Lydia and her and YouTube, like wanting to watch dancing and exercise videos and whatever. And we've got boys in the house, so we can't have her watching girls that are dressed a certain way, even though she doesn't see it, you know? And so we're constantly pulling stuff and saying no to things. So I think it's just a culture that's in our house. It's a culture of like, no, this is what we're doing. You know, like we're, we're all going together to the grocery store. I don't want to go. I don't, you know, whatever. It's like, no, <laughs> like that's, that's it. Like we just, we run the household that kids don't, you know, and, and, uh, but we are, we do think of them. We think, I mean, I, I'm super empathetic. So I'm, very much of just like, yeah, I know you have to walk around the store. You have to, you played this game and you spent all of this time building this part of the game. And now I'm not just going to walk over and unplug it on you and lose your two hours because what's that going to do? That's just going to make us and them hate me. So there's times when one of them's playing a game and they're like, I only have five minutes left and I'm in first place. Please let me finish. I'm like, okay. So it goes both ways, but the kids know we're in charge. They're not in charge. And that they know why we're doing it. And I think, you know, it was very interesting. We we actually went right home. We took this sermon. I uh, took my notes all the way from driving home with the boys. But I had the boys by myself coming home and then got home. And at lunch, we talked through this. And I was like, what should we change? What should we do? What should we, how, how can you guys change? How can mom change? And one of them said, you need to discipline us more. <laughs> I was like, wow. What? Because <laughs> I do think that we do it's it's hard to balance that like you want to be their friend but you can't because you got to discipline them and so 
anyways, with technology, I think that's just like what, where a parent has to always go to the side of you need to be the parent. There's time later to be the friend. And another thing that I think that we do that I, um, I think I've shared in the parenting podcast through the Halloween thing, but, um, was that if something is, if, if there's a decision that we need to make on something like, Hey, I think the kids should keep their phones, uh, unlocked until nine. And I'm like, no, it's starting to get dark and they're getting tired. And I think it should be seven 30. It's seven 30. It's always the more conservative one and it's over. There's no more. I and mean, we can discuss it, but there's no, there's no arguing. And the kids know it too. It's like, Mom and dad, you can't go to the other one to get something. Um, whoever picks the the more conservative answer, that's what it is. And so we've just done that. That was a Kevin Thomas thing back in the day. He just taught us that when we were first parenting. And I was like, oh, that works great. Very, very cool. You know, before I came in here to do the podcast with you, I, I listened to the Cedarville Women's Podcast from mm. this past week where Lindsay Holen was actually, ironically, interviewing my daughter, Jen Walter, and they were anticipating this message, and they talked together, and it was very, very helpful, interesting. I, I recommend our listeners to give that one a listen as well. Um, at the end, Lindsay asked Jen, so uh, what would be some suggestions you'd have for mothers, or maybe even mothers with young children, even though basically my Jen's past that? Brooke, what advice, concluding kind of recommendations, would you give to to moms who are in the middle of the battle and it's really hard, what are some things you might share to encourage them? Yeah, I mean, are we talking in general here and not technology necessarily? Okay. Um, I would say the days are long and the years are short. I know you hear that all the time, right? But I remember, oh man, I had five. There are five and six years so there were exhausting times, and um, there were times when, I mean, I just had to cry out to the Lord for even just, like, energy, <laughs> where you're just exhausted and patients are running thin, and um, you haven't slept all through the night in a couple of years, and, <laughs> and, so, um, and so I would say try to be in God's word. I know it's so hard. It's my time with the Lord is so much different now than it was when my kids were little. When my kids were little, it was, I was doing my best. I was trying to get in it every day. It might have not been in the morning. It might have been a little bit in the afternoon. It might have been nap time. Yeah. Nap time. Now it's so much different. Now the time is very sweet and long and deep and much different because I have the time and the energy and my kids are older. And so um, I would say the best that you can be in God's word every day just to get that encouragement because really that is where it comes from. I mean, nothing is re as refreshing as what the Lord has for you that day and to get you through that day. Um, I'm trying to think what else. This is really good, little. Brooke. Really, you, really good. Um, does when you want to talk about like when we were, when we were first having kids, I mean, Oh sure, I can that situation. chat about that really fast because I know we're probably going to. I mean, men. think think though towards the like what you would have to say to the person that was in your spot is what I would say. So like when you're just first having kids. Yeah, like you were you you were with me all the time. Yes. We were married, but then you know you start to have a kid and you're like, oh, we'll bring him along, and then we're like, yep. oh, we have two kids. Okay, I can't really do this. Yeah, anymore. I will say that as an encouragement to women too. We, I mean, obviously Doug was in the ministry and we were working alongside of each other and we were with each other a lot, and then we had one kid and that was 
I mean, you can kind of bring them with and you're still serving together and that's great. And then you have another kid and then it gets a little hard because <laughs> you can't really go as easily as you could before. And I kind of found myself in a spot where I was really struggling because I was like, okay, where's my place now? Because I really want to serve and be alongside my husband, but I'm also, I mean, the Lord's calling me to be in my house and to be um, a mom and a wife in my home. And so, I mean, there was a point the Lord really had to work in my heart and teach me. I was starting to put a lot of my worth and my value in my husband and um, kind of having him be the joy and the fulfillment. And for some reason, it had kind of moved off of the Lord and his fulfillment and his joy. And I was instead trying to get that in my husband, which he's not meant to do that. He's not perfect. He's not meant to fill that void that only the Lord can. And so I was expecting, I mean, I can't expect that of him. And so the Lord really had to work on my heart and be like, I have you over here for a purpose. I want you to take care of your family. I want you to be in the house. And that is the job I have for you. And there's importance, there's value, there's worth in that. And that is because it's in me and not in your husband. And so I really had, that was something the Lord really had to work on my heart with when we were first having kids. I mean, obviously now I'm, I have no doubt that that, that this is the Lord's plan for me and this is where I should be. And I'm raising five kids to hopefully send out and the Lord to use for his glory. So there's no more important job than that. I'm like, even if you take those five kids and they affect a few people, like, look at my job. Ah, it's kind of scary, honestly, because <laughs> if I'm sending those kids out and they're going to touch people and hopefully the the gospel just goes out from there. But um, so then that puts a little more, you know, that puts a little more worth and value on my position in the household. But yeah, it was it was a tough learning experience at first. I was also a new believer, so the Lord had some sanctifying to do, but yeah. Thanks for your perspective. Uh, Doug, kind of bring us home here on maybe one or two recommendations you'd give out there to parents. Yeah, I mean, I'm just really trying to... Crazy after, you know, the oldest is 16, and I'm just now like getting this but like i'm with with my job since it's like you know full-time salary i'm on call like tech support kind of in a sense and things break it's like being a pastor in a way like you guys are always on call well i am too because i support you so but i'm just trying to like literally not bring work home like don't bring my laptop home don't bring my stuff home um like we have the rule of don't bring your phone to the table but sometimes like i'm in the middle of answering people's questions and they're I, mean, I, pro I think I have like six or eight text messages right now. And you heard someone call. They got through the like, do not disturb because they're trying to get a hold of me. So I'm trying to figure out how to do that at home better and just be like, and, and um, you know, when a kid, I'll be sitting there doing whatever, a computer usually, and a kid will run up and say, look, I made this thing. And or Lydia is like, I, I'm colored this, whatever, you know? And it's just like, or they're playing with some toy that they didn't make when I was a kid. I have no idea what they're doing. Like, and I just am really trying to like um, be a hundred percent in the focus of what of what they're doing because, again, I I want to have that empathy and and put myself in their shoes. And I remember like I remember this is no no bash of my dad because he was in construction and he was gone a lot. But I remember the one wrestling match that he came to 
You know what I mean? And I remember the time multiple times, but you come out and play basketball with me. And it was like, he's been out construction all day, working super hard. And he's out here in cowboy boots playing basketball or whatever he's doing, you know? And so I just like, okay, I need to be that for my kids as much as possible because I want them, I want them to listen to me when it's time to listen to me. Like when it's something that is important and needs to be because I listen to them, you know, like that's how you build, it's just like classic friendships in general. Like when you listen to people then they want to listen to you and become friends with them. So I'm just really, I don't know, that's what I've been challenged with lately is just to really have a a relationship with them and do stuff with them one-on-one and not feel so like at the end of the day, they're all like, come give me hugs and kisses in bed. And I'm just like, another task to do, you know, like instead of that, like sit there with them and lay there with them and tickle them. And like, I don't know. So that's, that's kind of been my challenge lately. Really, really helpful. Doug and Brooke, thank you so much for joining us today. You provide great insight, godly insight, and uh, I'm very, very grateful to you. I think I can speak on your behalf as well as my own behalf. If there's folks listening right now that would say, boy, I'd like to talk to you guys personally, you'd be willing to do that, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's why I'm here too in the counseling ministry, and we have a whole team of counselors that are just ready and willing to help you in whatever your needs might be. I'll just conclude with my concluding remarks from my message on Sunday. Christians walk each other home to heaven, praying every step of the way. So let's keep walking and let's keep praying. Thanks for listening today. God bless you. Have a great day.